Carey from Wrap Your Head Around Silks. This is the Expecting Aerialist podcast, now with the Digitant Network. How's it going, guys? Hope you're having an amazing day. What do you would you what would you like to say to the audience, Bean? Huh? Uh, would you like to say hello? Hello. Can you say thanks for tuning in? Thanks for tuning in. That's beautiful. All right, my friends, lots happening. Uh, so excited to announce that Silk's Level 1 teacher training, fully virtual, is going to be starting April 1st, and it's going to be a month long where we do Zoom and um, video assignments, and I teach you all the things from wherever you're at. Early bird registration starts the 5th of February. Yes, go ahead, Bean. It's going to be my birthday soon when I'm five. Listen, you're not going to be five until October. October 18th. That's true, but that's not soon, okay? It's going to be soon over on four. (laughs) I love it. You guys heard it. You guys heard it from the source. All right, my friends. Today we have uh, Sylvie Rose of Duo Rose. She and her husband are a trapeze duo. She is postpartum only about two or three months with her second with her second baby and she joins us today to tell us about all about the process, um, all about staying staying in shape for her act um, and then getting back to it and all of the all of the strategies she, she strate- bleh, strategies she had. Hey bean, hey. So we got a little bean coloring over here. Um, yeah. And we're really excited for you guys to hear this. Let's get started. Listeners, I was just I was just thanking Sylvia because this morning it it's not it's not that weird. Basically, Bean just started preschool yesterday. Oh my gosh, that's the first big. day. Wow. Yeah, and she's for she's a little after her fourth birthday, so it's time and she did great, but she woke up super early the day before. We're like every other day. We're like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Sure, yeah. So this morning, I had told her the night before, I was like, I got a podcast at nine, and she was just not having it. Like she didn't have her mama time. We usually do that. We have a whole like cuddle situation Aww. into breakfast on our days that she's not, you know, needing to be at school. Yeah. And she was not having it. So Sylvia was very gracious and we, we just moved it an hour and then she is sewing right now I mean, with her. I can stop sewing. It's okay. No, you can, you can totally sew. She, but I'm just tra- talking about the multitasking. Yay. She's sewing. She's got her, uh, how many month old? Um, two and a half. Two and a half months. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Two and a half month old in like a rigged baby bouncer sans bouncer, but just like just a little rigged little on the swing right now. <laughs> and and then how old is your toddler? Oh, he's almost six. He's gonna be six next week. Okay, so and, uh, he's not really toddler. He's he's like a small child. Yeah, he's like flying. Um, it's yeah. <laughs> he's in kindergarten right now, so. So you're only two and a half months postpartum. You're like in the um, fourth trimester, which I call purgatory. Um, I got to say, it was a lot easier with the second one. And I don't know if it's because he's just more chill or if it's because I learned something the first time, maybe. But um, I feel like pretty much human. (laughs) Oh, my God. 
I'm shoving sausage into my face, guys. So that's how today went. Yeah. Wow. Right. You know, it could have gone the other way. I feel like other parents, it's either one or the other. Right. I feel like people say, oh, the second one's easier. And I think it's probably true about half the time. Um, but he needs to come out of there now. That's You're done with that, huh? Come on out. Oops, sorry. <laughs> All good. Scoop him. Come on, scoop. My toddler's also running around sans, sans any pants. Oh, that sounds like Oh, look at that squish. Yeah, I need a little smoosh. Let's go sit in the um, That was one of the things that I wanted to do before we got on is put some pants on her. I mean, didn't happen. you know, there's the more important things. She's she likes to be free, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. You know, he, we're just home by ourselves. It doesn't really matter, and this is not being recorded for video. Right? So, yeah, no problem. You know. I'm going to change his diaper real it's quick. Okay. On that note, <laughs> you know, honestly, I think that's why this podcast works the way it does because every person is like, you know what? I know every time something happens that the other person's going to understand. Right? Because you like, know, like their moms also. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sylvia, if you would introduce yourself, where you live, um, you're a little bit about your family, a little bit about your practice, and I'll just jump in. Sure. So my name's Sylvia Friedman, but I go by Sylvia Rose professionally. Um, and we are based right outside of Chicago. Buddy, okay, sure, 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 okay. Right outside Chicago. I didn't know yeah. that. Um. We were trying to be based in Germany for about five years, and then we moved back before our first yep. son was born. So, um, to be near my family. Got and it. my husband and I do a do a trapeze act under the stage name Dua Rose. Oh. Um, and we have two kids now. Lucas is going to be six next week. And Simon here is almost three months old, I guess. Two and a half months. Oh yeah. my God! Two. You're a boy mom. Yeah. You are surrounded in that household. I am outnumbered. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's it like with all the testosterone in the space? I mean, let's be honest. Like, what before? Before they're teenagers, they don't have like a ton of more testosterone than girls at the same age. Oh, I didn't know that. It's like, you know, it's it's not a huge difference. I think that. Got it. Most of the differences in prepubescent children are social socialized uh, into uh, them rather than biologically motivated. I learn something every day. Um, okay, so okay, so let's talk about let's talk about postpartum right now. How do you feel today? I mean, like. Truthfully, I was doing great, and then my back spasms like a week and a half ago, but um, it's coming back, so, you know, training's okay, and um, we were running routines. We did a show when he was eight weeks old. Oh, wow. Um, and then we were like, oh, we'll take it easy, and then I ended up needing to take it more easy than I wanted to, but... Yeah, we're getting back into the swing of it, and I feel pretty okay. It's like the tail end of this back spasm situation. And has that always been the case, or just postpartum? It happens to me on average like once or twice a year. 
Okay, is it lower back? Yeah, it's usually like coincides with my period. You know. Did you get your period back already? Yeah, it's not fair, and I hate it. <laughs> what? No, right? And I'm like, I'm nursing all the time. This is not fair. I did not want this back. You guys should see my face. I'm like, what? It's so soon. It's way Wait, too soon. The first time, how long did it go away? I actually don't remember. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what I remember, I I got really lucky. Well, I bled for eight weeks uh, postpartum. Yep. I had a C-section. All that blood was leaving my body. I bled for eight oh, weeks after, good. but then I didn't get my period. <laughs> I want to say 18 months. Nice. <laughs> That's the yeah. dream. No, I bled for like this time. Cause I don't remember the first time I, um, yeah, this, but I bled for like four ish weeks. And then I got the, I got an IUD put back in Ah, uh, and like the hormonal one that's supposed to like tamp everything down. But then like yes. I was spotting after that and I was like, okay, well, you know, whatever, no big deal. And then I got my period. I was like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've, yeah, I've had my IUD for like six months, six, seven months now. And, um. My periods are almost gone again. This is my third one now. Um, because I had one before Lucas and one in between. Mm-hmm. And now the third one. Um, and the first time my periods went away like completely and it was great. Um, and then the second time I still kind of had it. And so now I don't know what to expect. <laughs> oh, man. That... The first three months of having an IUD, I wasn't, like, prepared for it. It was terrible for oh, me. Oh, really? Like, I was getting period cramps like I'd never had before. Like, somebody was, like, electric shocking my uterus. That's how it felt. I was like, what is – this is not worth it. And then, of course, now it's worth it. But – I feel lucky I didn't have it. Well, oh, my goodness. So, so um, obviously, you've come back from pregnancy before. Yeah. Do you feel, did you have any diastasis recti this time? No. Like, how did you prep? How did you prep to get back in the air? Um, I didn't have any diastasis, so I was lucky that I was able to get back sooner than a lot of people do. Okay. Um, I ended up requesting an extra appointment at two weeks post to get cleared to come back. <laughs> Oh, and do you have a doctor that is kind of yeah. not super conservative? Yeah. And the first time I did that too. The first time I was with a midwife, actually, and she was okay. great, but she left the practice. And so I was at the same practice this time, and the doctor was also, she was very understanding. Um, I also did a round of pelvic floor physio this time around. Just okay. And you, you like, had vaginal births on both? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I was also lucky that I was able to stay active, like stretching, doing handstands and stuff like that through the whole pregnancy. Uh, this time, like literally nice. until I went into labor, although you can't, I mean, like that was coincidental. 
Um, um, and then the other thing I did that helped me a lot, and it's just a very specific, very silly little exercise, but like with an elastiband, just like pulling down with straight arms to keep this shoulder muscle for inversions. Oh, so explain that to the audience. So How, like, explain that ex- What I would exercise. do is like hang the band from my home rig, which, but from, from, an, from a surface above you. <laughs> and like imitate the arm motion of pike ups without okay. without doing the crunch bit because I was trying to avoid doing crunches to avoid splitting the as which apparently is less settled of a science than I thought it was the first time around but I still avoided it okay um but I found out the first time that like my abs came back no problem but what I found out the first time was that that shoulder muscle I use for almost nothing else ever. Oh. Like, apparently it's just not relevant when I'm stretching. Are you are you talking about the front of your humerus? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, like, it's the motion. So, it, like, it'll still activate, like, in your upper back and traps and stuff. Yeah, okay. Um, and so, so you needed to take an exercise that you could that I could do with continue to strengthen. Yeah, that. yeah, that I that I could do without doing actual pike ups. Uh, once I was like oh, so really showing, yeah, but it helped a lot because like the first time around when I was coming back, I hung and I was I was like I can't even move right I can't go anywhere yeah yeah um, yeah yeah and this time the first time I hung. I was able to do a like a clean pike up. Well, and you are doing a trapeze. You guys are static trap. Yeah, we do static duo trapeze. Okay, so that's like a lot of straight arm inversions. It's all straight arm inversions. It it's really a make or break situation where like if you can't do a straight arm inversion, it's not like there's not a lot else left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, because in my practice, I can avoid a straight arm invert. Like, I barely have ever, ever had one. Maybe I had three in a row at my most strong because I'm in a bent arm so much. You know, I'm doing silks. Yeah. It's so well, different. Well, something under you for silks. Yes. You can use your feet seeds. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so that's really important for you to have that straight arm strength. It's a really okay, key so... foundation skill for me. It is. Holy moly. Um so like did you perform when you were pregnant? Did you guys have shows or no? I performed duo trapeze up until like four and a half all oh, <clears throat> five months. Okay. Um, and then oddly enough, I kept performing contortion until like eight months but like for just like one-off things yeah um and that was because people kept asking me to do it and I was like you still want to see me like this but I was fine well, so like well it changes the whole thing right because now people are seeing a visibly pregnant woman do all this stuff and it becomes a different act right yeah and truthfully like I'm not in, I wasn't entirely comfortable with that aspect for me because, um, 
frankly, as soon as you're pregnant in public in any way, people have opinions. Oh and my God, I yes. do not want to hear those opinions <laughs> from random strangers. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, like, it's true yeah. that like nine out of 10 people are like, you go. But that one more person, I don't want to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they somehow feel like because you're in front of their eyes, they have. They have the right to say something to you. They, yes. And then. They feel like because they've seen your show, they know you. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's super weird. And, like, it was weird enough when, like, people would come up and try to touch my abs because I have abs. But, like, ha- trying to touch the baby. I was just, no, 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 no. You know? Wait, people would just come up and try to touch your abs, like, when you, before pregnancy? Because it's, you have abs? It's happened to me on multiple occasions. Don't lie to and me. That like, is disgusting. I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm right here. That's part of my body. Like, I'm standing right here. <laughs> um, I'm like, I guess it makes sense. But, like, I've never thought about that. Because I don't have a six-pack. So no one's ever tried to fill my abs. It's o- It only happens when we have to do a meet and greet with the audience after the show. And you're in your costume. And I'm in my costume. So usually, um, and what I have ended up doing in that show is I would just, like, change before that. Yes, I can imagine. Um, but, like, the first people... times, I was like, uh, uh. Does that happen to your husband? No. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, her face changed so fast no. when she said no. no. He wears high-waisted pants. But even still, okay, wait, back People up. People touch your shoulders. Where you guys? You guys are right outside of Chicago. Do you guys have a contract there in in your city? Um, currently, we didn't plan anything in advance. But also, typically, like we we travel, so like, oh, yeah. okay, we're just based here right now. So Chicago, I'm sorry, Germany. Were you in a contract there? We've done or was a there just a lot bunch of, work of there? different contracts there. Okay. So, like, we okay. work mostly in, like, variety and um, cabaret-type shows. Yes. Um, we've done a couple of circuses, too, but truthfully, I'm very allergic to horses, so it kind of limits that. Okay, because they're every... If know, there's going to be animals, everywhere. they're, yeah. like, the first one, so, like, I can't be in that show if there's horses. Because I can't... How long... Yeah, because you can't breathe, and breathing's important. Yeah, I like breathing. <laughs> I, I want to be alive. How long has Duo Rose been um, performing? So we've been working together for 16 years. Um, Whoa! Yeah. Um, the first two years, though, we were really just training, not performing much at all. Um, like, we would do a couple of very local gigs, but... Like, How old were you 16 years ago? I was 16. I can't do math. Okay. So fully half my life. So you guys have known each other for at least 16 years, if not longer. Pretty much 16 years. Like, we had met a couple of times, but, like... So did did you get put together by parents, or did... did like, how were you um, coupled as a... So... 
I want to hear he this love story. Living at my contortion coach's house, actually. Okay. And I'm going to contextualize that by saying that, like, um, she has a son our, our age also, and they were very good friends and training together. And so he was renting a room from his friend's mom so that he could teach at a summer camp that was really far from his parents' house. Okay. Um, so he was living there and she was teaching classes out of the living room at that time. Um, the coach's name is Ayun Shemeh Gadamchev, by the way. Ayuna is oh. wonderful. I love her. Um, and so one day, I guess she couldn't get a hold of me before class, but she also couldn't make it. So she called him and she's like, I can't make it. Like, stretch the next person who walks through the door. <laughs> so we had... And it was, it was you. Me. We had um, possibly the most awkward stretching class I've ever been to. <laughs> Awkward because... Oh, hi, guy. I barely know. Was he awkward? Did he have an awkward moment, too? Yeah, absolutely. We both kind of powered through it, but we were like, I guess this is what we're doing. So, do you guys have an age difference? Um, He's almost two years older than me, so not a huge one. Okay, so he's like 18, you're 16. You're like, yeah, what did you think of him the first day? Still, but yeah. Um, I mean, it didn't register the first. I thought, oh, it's a friend of a friend, basically. Sure. Um, but we still kind of think maybe she put us together on purpose. And we, I, I could never ask her. I, like, I can't imagine asking her that. Besides, the question's better than the answer. Um. From a, from a, oh, this might be a good partner for Ariel standpoint or boy and girl standpoint? Um, boy and girl standpoint. I actually thought oh, at that okay. time that I had stopped doing Ariel because like I had give, I had traded it for contortion lessons basically. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so then he was like, oh, I train at this open gym. It's like, you become very affordable, you know? Um, and so I started going to that, um, and then we started dating and then we were like, we should make an act together because as teenagers, that's a thought process that makes sense. I'm like, I'm going to hang a potential future career on a new relationship. It's a great idea. (laughs) Definitely do that. But you guys were already kind of pointing towards circus. Yeah. No matter what, on your own. He was already, he was teaching at a circus summer camp, which is why he was there. But he, he was a gymnast. He had done some circus as a little kid, and then he was a gymnast for a while, and then he did sports acrobatics, Russian bar, silks, and straps, and he caught flying trippies. So he did all kinds of stuff. Sylvia, do you guys, do you you and him come from circus families, or no? Not as such. His mom was a recreational circus artist um, when he was little, and I think maybe before that, too. Um, my parents are computer programmers. <laughs> so no, <laughs> so funny. Oh my God. I love hearing these stories. Uh, so you guys have been together and so ha- you've been, you've been, um, touring and traveling and doing your act for many years. And then when did you guys say, did you guys say, let's start a family or was it just, it was did it just very happen? much planned? In fact, ah. even we will. As teenagers are perhaps wont to do, we got really serious really fast. Um, and I remember talking to him about like potential future children when I was 16. 
and I was like no I was like oh my god but I wait it. I was like I don't know maybe in 10 years and then five years later we got married and five years after that we had our first son so you were on I knew, you were I right. knew myself very well as a teenager <laughs> So 10 years into your relationship, so you're in your mid-20s. I was, yeah, 26. You guys have your first son. Mm -hmm. And did you, were you at all worried, scared, anxious about being able to come back to it? Of course, yeah. I mean, like, I told myself, like, it's going to be fine. You know, people come back from this all the time, blah, blah, blah. But of course I was scared, like. It's a risk, right? Yeah. Um, and it's a risk every yeah. time. It's a calculated risk. We can do things to mitigate it, but it's a risk anyway. Yeah. 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 Um, I was scared this time, too. <clears throat> but, you know, it's worth it. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. I also wish the men could have a baby. That would be great. Yeah, we could trade off or something. You know... It's, I, I, I just like, I, I think I say this like every fifth podcast. I'm like, wouldn't it be cool? I mean, they literally sail through. They don't have to, they don't have to go through any of the <clears throat> seismic changes that we have to go through yeah. emotionally, physically, mentally, changing of the schedule, changing of the, I mean, of course they're in it with yeah. us. But. Yeah, but it's not the same. It is not the same. Um, I, I know there's a lot of women out there who are like, oh, but I get to have the baby. I agree. I loved, I love that she came from me. For sure. Out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I could take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I, I hated being pregnant. No, I <laughs> hated times. being pregnant. Yeah. Like, I was like, this is lasting so Exactly. And then, and then I I found a picture of myself, uh, a month from giving birth, and then also right before. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I am a pretty petite person with not a lot of space between my rib cage and my hips. Sure. Yep. So she was like living outside of my body. Like there is no like divot <clears throat> in there. Like for her to actually like just chill. I am so far out in front of myself. Oh, so I I pulled this picture up for for a friend of mine and her and her daughter, you know, this woman being a mom herself, because I'm like, is it just me or am I sticking out way farther than other women? She's like, she's like, do you realize that you should be thanking the stars that your skin isn't completely messed up? <laughs> Cause I was like, you couldn't even tell I was pregnant from the front or the back. Yeah. It was just like straightforward, st- straightforward. I uh, know. I hated being pregnant. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that's not the fun part. I have a friend who, like, loved it. I'm like, I mean, more power to you, but, like, and I had a relatively easy pregnancy. Okay, well, I feel like there are some reasons for that. Like, uh, my friend Harvey, she loved it mostly because her Crohn's disease subsided during the pregnancy. I mean, that's a very valid reason. This was not that. Very valid. She just, like... You know, like feeling a baby kick. Like, I think it didn't stop her from doing as much stuff. Like, she's a contortionist, but she could just still do everything because she's amazing and a freaking badass. Um, 
And then, like, and she, I don't know if she said she, like, maybe she just rode the wave of those home, hormones really happily. I don't know. That's, that's true. You do have the hormones. Bean, do you need something? You want to say hi to Sylvia? Oh. I want, I want to hug you. Hi. Come here. We have no pants on, but. It's all fun. I didn't even have to say that. No one can know. No one knows. Come here, Bean. Come here. Come snuggle. Come snuggle, Mama. No, baby. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We'll do one of these. No. We'll do one of these. Yeah, you want to take, you have Mama's earbuds in? Let's do this. Out and out. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what were you saying? Oh, you were saying, and then I was thinking, oh my God, my brain. Um, um, people who love pregnancy. People who love pregnancy. Oh, it's gone. See, that's the problem. It too. happens. I know. Oh, do you guys have... Are, since since you do plan ahead, are you planning to have like more kids? No. <laughs> <laughs> Why does she have kids? Yes, yeah, she's got two. I have two kids. Two. Look at this baby. He's asleep. And snoring. Look at the baby. Can you hear him snoring? I can't hear him, but maybe the maybe the track will pick it up. <laughs> oh my goodness! And it's cold there because you're outside of Chicago. I mean, it's not as cold as it should be, if I'm honest, because it was raining today, and cold rain is... Oh! It's just real nasty out there today. I'm not going outside. So, uh, it's been kind of cold here. It was. It dropped below 40 the other night Ooh. In, here in L.A., That's... which is very, very Mommy. not normal. Very cold for L.A. Mommy, Mommy. Very cold for Mommy. L.A. Yes, Bean. I want you. Yes, I'm right here. Sylvia, do you have any advice for those arrow moms out there? Do you have anything for us? Um, You know, I've been in that group for a while now, the Ariel Mamas group, right? The Facebook group? Yeah. And sometimes I feel bad about sharing my story because, like, I think every place where we talk about pregnancy and birth becomes a place where we process trauma from it, which is very valid. I don't want to say I don't have any trauma, but I had a much easier time than a lot of the stories you read. And I think it's important to remember that it can go that way also. Mm. Yeah, it's not all doom and gloom. Right, because I think people are just terrified because they read all these stories and like uh, statistically, it doesn't have to be that way, you know? So I think it's yeah maybe just that. Yeah, like your whole pelvic floor gets blown out, you know? Right, or just like, <laughs> right. you know, like you're getting back into the air like months or years later for the first time. And it's like, well, like, I mean, that can happen. It's good to know that that can happen. But like, I, I think that maybe we're setting people's expectations for that it's going to be really just terrible, you know? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah like statistically, it's not going to be. The chances are that it might be fine. Right, exactly. Absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. So sometimes I just try to put my story out there too because I like, I have a different story than, than a lot of people read most of the time because, you know, we don't, we talk about our problems. We don't necessarily talk about it when things are doing fine. Or when, or the things that, 
are easy because there are like always some die. some things right easy, i mean there are, right? there are not everything but you know let's see if you'll go in here because i need to plug this in okay like the ducks oh i also had um something i had not read about at all before having a baby um what's that a fast progressing labor you mean when you started laboring, it was really quick. Mike the die. And only on the second one. Oh no, on both of them. No, really. What does this mean? Mike Tell us, please. Dice. I was not prepared for this because I had read a bunch of books uh, that were like, "Settle in, it'll be fine. This is a long haul, you know, eighteen hour, whatever." Um. So what this meant for me was that I went from this might be a false alarm to holding a baby, my first baby, in less than six hours. Wow. I was possibly in labor for 10 hours-ish. And I had like kind of an inkling that something was happening about 12 hours before he was born. So did you, did, did you just dilate like in a flash? I don't know. Because I wasn't at the hospital <laughs> until oh. half an hour before he was born. Half an hour? Were you, like, holding the baby in? No, but I was, like, I mean, it, first of all, they say it's false labor if, they, if the contractions are not evenly spaced. That is not true. <laughs> so I was waiting at home for, you know, the contractions to be five minutes apart and lasting for a minute and that was not what it was happening and it, I had my two friends there with me and it was like 11 minutes and then 20 minutes and then 11 minutes and then two minutes and we were like we should leave um <laughs> and when I got in I was nine centimeters wow so yeah so then, like, half an hour later, I was holding a baby. <laughs> and did you even have time for epidural, or you didn't do that I anyway? didn't do that anyway. Um, I was like, okay. can you run a bath? And they were like, you don't have time for that. Come yeah. And was it, was it really, really painful? Um, the first one, I remember having, like, an out-of-body experience. So, like... I mean, like, yeah, obviously it was painful. Um, I remember hearing myself scream and then only putting together later that it was my voice. Oh. The second one um, was very, very painful, but I was in it the whole time. But because, sorry, Bean, the first one was so quick. So what they told me did you was the second one can go twice as fast, so come in right away. Oh, okay. So you were in that mindset. So when you started feeling it, you went to the hospital, right? Not exactly, because I still wanted to wait until they were at least like 20 minutes apart. Like, I didn't want to spend too much time at the hospital because like, the more time you spend at the hospital, the more likely you are to end up with a, an intervention that you don't necessarily want or need. Sure. Um, and I'm, I was determined to do it with as few interventions as possible because I felt like it would be better for my recovery and because I've had a couple friends not everybody but a couple friends who had an epidural and it adversely affected their lower back flexibility 
So interesting. Okay. I learned something new every day. Um, I don't know if this is a real thing because there are no studies on it. Are no statistics. Right. It's just anecdotal. Right. Yep. So it's totally anecdotal, but I was like, you know what? I don't want to take that risk. Right? Yeah. My princess. Yeah, it's not worth it for the long term. It's not worth it for me. It could be worth it for someone else. Absolutely. <laughs> like I'm not right. I'm not trying to say no one should get it. I'm but just for me, for myself, I was like, I don't wanna risk that because that is very important to me. Sure. Um, but, you know, hospitals are scary, and the more time you spend scared and in pain, the more likely you are to want to do something about it. Fear also intensifies yeah. the feelings of pain. So, like, being at home for as long as possible. But, so this time I went in, um, and they were like, oh, you're only five centimeters. You could actually go home for a couple hours if you want. And I was like, you know what? I wouldn't know when to come back in. And then less than two hours later, he was born. Wow. Is this a genetic thing? Probably. What is it? Early onset labor? What is it called? Fast progressing labor. Fast progressing labor. Early onset labor. I just made that up. No, because it it was on time, right? Like full term. Just fast. Okay. Right. Right. And usually the first baby, for most women, it takes a while. Yes. Um... (laughs) Most, I don't know, want to say most, but a lot of aerialists are also very tight through the pelvic floor. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so even more so. Uh, when I see my picture of my belly from back then, I ended up with a C-section because I had a low-lying placenta and I wasn't dilating. And this. And I know babies come out of the vagina, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I see myself in that picture and I was like, I don't know how that would have come out of my vagina, but I know it could have. I mean, I had some tearing, you know? Because she needs more. Yeah. Not a huge amount, but like some. You know, some. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How big were the babies when they came out? Oh, um, let's see. Lucas was seven pounds. Nine ounces, and Simon was seven pounds, three ounces. Okay, so you're not having, like, ten pound babies, No, no, I'm having, like, spot-on average-sized babies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sylvia, are you guys, what's what's on the docket soon? When are you guys, are you guys uh, performing soon? Yeah, um, we're actually going to Seattle next month to do a show with some friends of ours, which should be real fun. Um, we're gonna make free. We didn't want to plan too much stuff like too far in advance because you never know how the recovery is gonna be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's what we have on the docket, and then we're looking about you know, spring, summer, something. And when you are going through all this, is your husband performing solo stuff? Um, he made a bubble act during the pandemic. That was his project. So he's still been doing that. Um, he was bubble smart. Act. Uh, what is so he bl- bubble act like on the ground? Like soap bubbles. Oh, yeah. cool. He was smart and picked a second act that you don't have to warm up for. I was dumb and picked a yeah. second act that you have to warm up for more. Um, You're contortionist. Yes. <laughs> Um, 
Oh my God, I, I love Sylvia adding your story to this, uh, this greater world of stories that we have collected here. Yeah. It's really helpful. Yeah, I feel like my story is different in that way. Yeah, it's great. It's great. You want to go touch the baby? Oh, he's so soft. Especially his hair right here. Oh, really? Oh, my God. And so soft. Oh, my God. I spend a lot of time just, like, petting him. (laughs) Of course. My little bean skin is just so soft, and I just rubbed a butt. Yeah. Rope just butt, and it's easy because there's no undies on. <laughs> just just naked butt, butt. Free as a bird. <laughs> Sylvia, thank you so much for um, being flexible. Yeah, no, no problem. In many ways. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, okay. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sylvie, thank you so much for being here today with me. I think I also butchered your name at least 50% of the time. Um, <laughs> this is my, it's my brain. It's not working half the time. Um, hi, Bean. Would you like to say something to the audience? Yeah. Go ahead. Hi. Hello. All right, my friends. Thank you for being here. Um, if you check the show notes, lots of stuff going on. Teacher training happening starting April 1st. Early bed registration is happening February 5th. Um, roll it out. You get a free four-inch massage ball just for joining. So even if you join and check it out and it's not for you, cool. But you get a free gift. Um, we do th- Monday and Thursdays um, evenings live. And then you can al- always do the recordings on the student portal. And then I got a full course. I got an aerial rehab course. I got a free mini course. Check it out. It's all there for you. All right, my friends, please honor me with a five-star rating and a review. It makes such a difference. Check out Greener Grass, my podcast with Kelly McVeigh. If you want to hear the sound of my voice, if it calms you, that would make me so happy. Um, And have a wonderful week. Stay warm out there. And signing off, this is Carrie. Wrap your head around silks. This is Carrie.